This is Jason from Croissant, and you're listening to Rocket Night. Jason, welcome to Rock at Night. And uh, we were just chatting a little while. Uh, I've been following you since about 2018 with your last album, Invincible. And I understand Thanks. I understand you have a new one. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I've been following you as well. <laughs> oh, you're stalking me as well. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I really like your whole glam rock kind of eighties look, but as I understand, I mean, you're, you've been around for some time and you've, you've had different looks. Can you tell me about how you guys started or how you started? Ah, oh, I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, it's just, it took a lot of many years to get the sound right, the look right. Um, the lineup right, uh, you know, people coming and going, and then in around about, I think it was around about 2012, I think it was, you know, sort of looking around it because the, previously the music didn't fit the image and the image didn't fit the music, and I just had to find something. And um, I was having a look around at all some, some old Japanese bands, and oh, I like that, and I like the color coordination, and um, you know, Paul Stanley said they were black and silver. We went with black and red, and just the whole thing sort of fell into place eventually. And since then, we've been on the on that path after the sound and the look and the image, and and hopefully can, we'll continue down that path for a while, for a long time. I absolutely love the sound and the look and it's it's funny because I just came across a video recently of Doctor and the Medic and I remember seeing them in the 80s and you I don't know you kind of reminded me of that with the girls singing on the side uh were you into them at that time period maybe Doctor and the Medic or I don't know if you're familiar with them I I'd never heard of them but um I that sort of thing I I saw Motley Crue in the 90s and I went gee I like the idea of the two girls but yeah they had the two girls come out sporadically I thought that for me that was like okay yes do that and let's make that the focus because hey who wants to see me but when you got two girls next to you then yeah well they they sound great uh with the harmonies as well I mean they don't they're not just dancing they the whole package is great and your new album it's, it has a real full sound the production of it, uh, especially everyone's a star. You want to tell me about how you got the sound together? Um, well, it was, it was just basically in the studio, just working with it, and then um, meeting leads the great musicians that I use um, as well. So I demo everything, and then I give it to all the musos, and they learn their, they learn their parts. They add their little bits in, but. 
the sonicness, I guess I've got to uh, give credit to Dwayne Barron, um, who's been our mixing engineer for the last three albums. And Dwayne's got a history. He's, he's mixed Girls, Girls, Girls with Motley Crue and Poison and Alice Cooper and Ozzy. So um, he knows exactly what we want. Uh, and just I've got to give credit to everyone else who can make my songs sound good. <laughs> Well, everyone's a star has everything from sirens to strings to synthesizers. It has a real wall of sound there, and it's a total anthem. And I notice this album and your previous one, uh, really upbeat, positive message messages that you're putting out there. Uh, are you a positive person or... Yeah, look, I think it's what you surround yourself with. So, like, in, um, for many years, I listened to a lot of motivational speakers, like, you know, listen to The Secret and Rhonda Byrne and Wayne Dwyer. And that was the sort of stuff that I would, you know, if I was be walking to the gym, I'd put it on or I'd have it on in the car. And after a while, that stuff just becomes, uh, it sinks in. It becomes, I guess, part of your psyche. So, um, and it comes out when you're writing, I guess, you know, it's uh, it's there. So whatever you sort of put into your mind sort of comes out through the music. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's good to give out a positive message. And and uh, I just got to practice what I preach. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the music is definitely upbeat, uplifting. Uh, the one song I want to ask you about is Rest in Peace. Uh, it's a ballad. Definitely, I'd, I'd call it kind of a love song, but I was wondering, are you paying homage to somebody in particular? Because it's, it's kind of, uh, kind yes, of sad. I, that's actually a tribute to my mum. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. it was so, actually written before. She actually only passed away a couple of weeks ago, um, but it was written beforehand. Because, uh, you know, you know that that day was coming. She was, you know, in her 80s, and mm -hmm. I thought it'd be nice for her to sort of see it and hear it before you know and she her, her response was well i'm not dead yet i'm like well yeah do you want to see it now <laughs> oh my goodness and because you say in the song you know you give me strength you made me strong and uh you say you talk about meeting meeting you on the other side and uh it, it really hit my heartstrings, and now i know the story behind it <laughs> Yeah, so I guess it's a, it's actually our next video um, that's coming out in a few weeks. And it's just it's so much, we've made it a homage to everyone who's sort of lost someone close. You know, we'll see you on the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, the song We All Need an Enemy, definitely political. Was When was that written? Um, all the songs were sort of, Came out about a year. I started writing maybe, gosh, a year and a half ago, two from two years to a year and a half ago. Look, it's, uh, yes, I just, I, I watch a lot of Michael Moore. <laughs> Me <laughs> too. That's it, like, they create wars for, for wealth, you know, they don't care about who gets killed as long as, you know, the pipelines go in and the money keeps turning out and to me i mean that's i mean that's the history of the human race you know let's mm -hmm. face it you know you invade because you want something mm -hmm. um and yeah so it always strikes a bit of a bone with me so i um 
Yeah, I thought I put it into a song. <laughs> Plus, it also has the um, the other the other angle of well, sometimes you need to bond with someone else. You also actually, it, you can if you're having a fight with someone close to you, the way to get closer is to <laughs> find someone else to be the enemy. <laughs> but it's it's a bit of a two-edged sword that one, a bit of a um, two double meaning. But we did go down the political angle. Um, and during and it also I look at it also when I write a song how can we how can this song be a great live song so we've all we we all in an enemy the girls come out in little little army uniforms and do the whole choreography so that works as well so sometimes when we're writing it's how can we incorporate this song into a live show and make it part of the theatrics that's what's interesting so. about your your whole thing is it's not just music, but you you're out there to entertain people and to put on a show. Um, you you mainly do your shows around Australia, though, correct? Yeah, mainly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. most of it's all um, uh, Aussie based. But we're happy to come over there if the promoters are willing to have us. Oh man, I would love that. I'm telling you, I'd love to see your live show. <laughs> <laughs> I I would be up there f up front and personal. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we, I was we get you up on stage for hot brunette. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say that was my next topic. I was so glad that you were uh, paying homage to brunettes for once <laughs> with "Weak at the Knees." The video's great too. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know what I, I wrote when I listen, I always take notes when I listen to stuff. It, it kind of made me think of meatloaf meets cheap trick. <laughs> oh, okay. <Yeah. laughs> you know, like paradise by the dashboard light or, you know, just, I don't know. It just kind of made me think of that for a second, but um, great sentiment. Love it. And, um, <laughs> Couple of the other yeah. songs, uh, I know. Love cheap, they're very underrated. I mean, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I do love Cheap Trick. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And the Big Man, and the Glow. So yeah, as the influences are there. That this, they don't intentionally come out to be that, but they're always there. Uh, Robin Zander actually lives here in Tampa Bay, and uh, he performs. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he performs here a lot. Uh, he's kind of a local guy. Uh, one thing, let's see, another thing I noticed, uh, Possessed. You sound really baritone in the beginning, but then later on, you kind of sound like a Rick, like Rick Springfield. That's what I noted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like him, you know? <laughs> I thought we'd go something a little different, a little darker. Um, and then just bash out the chorus with the, with the obviously the... With the harmonies and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably, probably it was written the key. I couldn't sing any higher, so I did it low. Who knows? <laughs> oh, that's it. I think even uh, Brent noted that in his review about um, because they would do that a lot, even in the eighties, do the whole falsetto thing and go up and down. Uh, Mary go round, very grooving. I, I really like that one. That was a great song too. Uh, Overall, I have to say, every song on the album, there's no song that I really don't like. They all are winners. And 
when did you write this? Obviously, the last album came out in 2018. Did you did you just write it all at once, or? I was probably see what happens is by the time you finish the, finish writing the album, it then goes to and you finish recording. It then goes to the states, to, then goes to Dwayne for mixing, and that could take three or four or five months. And then you get all the artwork done, you give it to the label, and then they don't release it for another three or four months later. So you've got all that period um, to start writing again. Uh, so it was probably the writing probably started well before the last album came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was pretty much we had a few other songs on it, but it didn't like you said. We just had, had to uh, be brutal and get rid of some and because I just didn't cut it. Uh, really wanted to, really the pressure was on because we had to, it had to be better than Invincible. Uh, so anything that wasn't, you know, a, a good song, I just tossed it, even if I'd spent 30 or 40 hours working on it. Mm-hmm. It would get to go in the bin and start again and get something better. So, um, yeah, we were lucky that uh, the, the creativity flowed and the songs came out and um, it's just, uh, it's a whole concept. Just like to keep it simple and catchy and uh, hopefully people will enjoy it. When you write the songs initially, do you compose them on the piano or the guitar? Because I, I know you're multi-instrumental. Um, it depends. Uh, a lot of the times I could be sitting on a piano, I'll come up with, I think with, um, definitely You're the Reason was a piano song uh, initially. Uh, and most of the time it's just, I'll be driving along or walking along and I just get this chorus in my head and um, I'll record it and then come back and, and and work on it. So it could be could be um, a, a thousand different ways that the song comes. It could be playing the guitar, I come up with a riff, or it could be playing the piano, something comes up. But most of the time it's just driving along and I get a chorus in my head. And uh, for me, that's the bit, the, the, the thing uh, is the chorus, the catchy chorus, mm-hmm. and then work around that. Are you the type that immediately records the riff or you'll forget it? <laughs> I always forget it. If I don't record it, I'll forget it. Yeah, that's, that's how you, know, I... the, you get that thing where you're just about to doze off and this great tune comes in your head and you just go, oh, I'll remember it in the morning and <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's like you're in the zone, and uh, it's kind of like if you're taking a shower or something, uh, you come up with something, and like you think you're gonna write it down after, but you forget. <laughs> that, that, the shower, that's a place. <laughs> that's that's where the best music is written, I think. <laughs> I think because I don't know with myself. Uh, I, I think it's because people are relaxed and there's no pressure. No, absolutely. Um, no, sometimes I, I can work a little bit under pressure because I just knew, I knew that especially with um, towards the end of finishing the album, you know, you've got two songs to go and you know they have to be killers. You just, I think if I've got a deadline, I'll work hard. If I don't have a deadline, <laughs> that's always a hard bit to get the motivation happening. Well, well, speaking of motivation, during this whole isolation time, how have you been writing music, and how are you keeping busy? Um, I've been putting some ideas together. I've probably been a bit lazy on the music side of things than I should be, but I've, obviously the album's released. We're doing a lot of press um, with that. Plus, I have another business, so 
with this whole isolation and I've been obviously focusing on keeping that um, afloat uh, and so we can finance the next album because that's what finances it all. So a bit of both. I've been trying to, trying to balance it all. So um, you've been in isolation probably about a couple months now? Yes, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been, it hasn't, I don't think it's as bad as it is over there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can still leave the house, you can still go to work, some, some, it's just a lot of the, you know, the, the, um, they're encouraging people to stay at home, but obviously all the restaurants and cafes and clubs, they're all closed. Mm -hmm. So it's really sort of played a bit of an impact on, obviously, on the music industry and the arts and, and. And obviously, the, the restaurants and cafes are just being smashed because <laughs> they can't open up. But some of them are being very creative. They're turning their cafe into uh, a takeaway chicken place. So mm -hmm. um, they're using a bit of an in initiative, which is great to keep afloat. It's kind of weird, this time period, because a lot of musicians obviously can't play and photographers can't take pictures. But at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of live streaming and people are really on social media. So it seems now is the time to promote. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. There seems to be everyone's posting stuff and everyone is on social media. <laughs> yeah, because they're bored or whatever and they're glued to Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, how do you think... Uh, the industry is going to come out of this what are some of the changes that you think might happen out of this i think everyone will be uh, i'm sure when the, the first few months everyone will just be going out and seeing bands <laughs> you everyone's missing that that um that feed of rock and roll mm -hmm. I'm wondering oh, no, about I'm what, just... what about meet and greets you know that's what i'm wondering over here a lot of the artists, most of the money is made from meet and greets and selling merchandise. But I don't know if they want to be hugging anybody right now. <laughs> uh, I think we'll be fist bumping for at least the twelve for at least twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> uh, actually, here in my area, Britt Floyd is scheduled to play at the end of the month, and I'm wondering if they're even going to be able to come over here. It seems premature. Wow. Yeah. End of, end of this? End of May. Wow. Yeah. And there's stuff scheduled in July. And I'm wondering if the patrons are going to wear masks inside or how it's going to be, to be honest. I don't, I have no idea. I was listening to Eddie Trunk and he was saying something about, I mean, it depends who cancels. It all comes down to the insurance. So it depends who, if it's the venue cancels or if the promoter cancels or if the band cancels. <laughs> I think a lot of them are just waiting to see who will cancel based on who, which way the insurance goes. Mm -hmm. Are some of the venues going under there or, or do you think they will in your area? You're in Sydney, right? I'm in Sydney, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I know they're being a bit creative and... Um, doing home delivery of alcohol, anything to sort of keep themselves afloat. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope I hope they stay afloat, I really do, because there's some great places. And Sydney's not, not exactly, you know, it's not... Um... 
we have a very small population compared to you guys, so we really need these venues. Mm-hmm. We have a correspondent in Adelaide, and she said one of her favorite venues is going under there, and uh, that's why, why I was asking. I'm just wondering how things are going to turn out, but it seems the live streaming is rampant. Everybody is sitting around watching people live stream, and people are taking donations. I, could, I was watching a live stream on uh, Facebook, and... I'd say in 20 minutes, they gathered $2,000. I couldn't believe it. Oh, wow, that's great. I, I just, I don't know if, if it works for everybody, but it was it was pretty interesting. So um, I know the future's a little unclear for everybody right now. What, what do you, do you have any plans for the future? Let's say the rest of the year or 2021, what do you, what do you see yourself doing? Well, once this is all lifted up, we'd like to say, I was uh, booking the shows in. We were very lucky um, as far as we had, we did a tour with um, with Enough's Enough and Ron Keel and Janet Gardner from Vixen on the east coast of Australia. And then the next week we played with Reckless Love. Uh, and then that's when everything finished. So we had an album launch that was supposed to happen that's obviously been canned. Uh, we just have to wait and see how things go. So I think I think that's the thing with a lot of musicians as well. They're just waiting um, to when things lift, and then they can reschedule and start booking again. And in the in the downtime, I guess everyone's writing. That's what I was wondering uh, if if you had a creative surge or not um, during this downtime. Um. Yeah, uh, look, it's there. I just need to pull my finger out a bit more and just commit to it. Um, I have been coming up with ideas. There's some songs, you know, that that we've been working on, but I think now it's the time to just really go for it. Um, So we can have an album out in another couple of years, you know, in another 18 months to two years. Because it it, it takes that long from the writing to the demoing to the musicians to the mixing to the artwork it just takes that that long period speaking of the artwork i love your artwork the album cover looks great do you have a particular artist do all your album covers uh well for this one uh wife i had after we decided on the um on the title i had the idea of what i wanted so i was looking for is a, is a um website called Art Nation and that's where all the artists who do video games and work for Disney they've got their own personal profiles up there and I found a guy called um, Adam Kuszek from Poland and he agreed to do it for us and um, I gave him the ideas you know the guitar with the lightning bolts and the logo and the girls flying and and his first draft was exactly how I wanted it so um yeah, he did a great job. It looks awesome. I was really, I was really happy with that. It looks beautiful. And one one question too. <laughs> Obviously, your music sounds eighties. Is is that intentional, or is just what's coming out of you? Well, I guess it's what I grew up with. It's what I my passion was. I couldn't. I can't write stuff that was like the nineties, which was all you know, demon written in diminished minors and it was really downbeat i didn't enjoy that i like my music to be harmonic catchy 
mm-hmm. uh, melodic, and that's what the 80s was. Uh, so that's what comes out. You know, if I wrote something that wasn't that, it wouldn't be me, and I probably wouldn't enjoy it. I want, I want to write music that I enjoy, and I enjoy that sort of stuff. So that's what comes out. I totally get it. I know the 90s were dark and grungy and emo, and <laughs> I know yeah. what you mean. 80s, it, it was a happy, bright time. Everything was, the colors were bright. Um, I love, I love the style. The whole hairband thing is just, it's really close to my heart. That's, that's what, go ahead. So I was going to say, it was entertaining as well. You know, um, the people on stage gave it a hundred percent, whereas the nineties, they looked at their toes and that was cool. (laughs) Yeah. They just, they, they kind of just laid there. (laughs) It's true. Um, out of curiosity, do you ever get into punk music at all, or do you even like it? Uh, punk, I'd say probably the um, the closest I'd come to that would probably be the first couple of I'd made now, from hmm. which, but I never really got into the that whole genre. I think I was a bit young. I sort of missed it all mm-hmm. at the time. Um I think when that was happening, I was into Kiss and just, just discovering Kiss and coming out of ABBA. Mm-hmm. And and you really like the whole costume thing, the whole persona, the theatrics. Oh, absolutely! I think you've got to. Paul Stanley once said he that they put them together the band they wanted to see. So I took those words and went right. What do I want to see? I want to see. Obviously, I want to hear songs, catchy, catchy, melodic songs, but I want to be visually entertained as well. So I like a, like a big glam image. I think beautiful girls on stage always helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the theatrics and, and the energy. So it took a number of years to get all to get our image the way it is now. It's just, it's just trial and error. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, eventually found it and ticked all the boxes and went, right, this is what we're going for. Well, I would kill to see you (laughs) do a live act. Honestly, I, like I said, I've been following your work for a while and it totally speaks to me. (laughs) Honestly, I really do. I really love it. And is there anything that you would want people to know about your music or you and, you yourself that you would want people to know and something that hasn't been asked um look just just give it a shot give it a go if you like it great and um if you don't like it well thanks for listening and um but yeah just listen to it because it's got it's got a good vibe it's, it'll make you it, it'll put a smile on your face i think in these times it's exactly what we need to do and come and see a show if you if we're playing in your area. Yeah, um, we definitely deliver and we definitely work hard up there. Mm-hmm. I think that's well said, especially during this time period. When I when I listened to your album, I immediately felt good. You know, <laughs> and uh, I think that's what we uh-huh. need more of. Your more upbeat, good messages. Um, love it. So um, thank you. Thank you for uh, speaking with me about the new album. And uh, as always, I will follow you and I look forward to hearing more 
music come out from the band. Well, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. And uh, I will I will say adieu. Goodbye. Uh, and uh, um, thank um, you. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. No, thank you. It's, it's my pleasure, believe me. We'll keep in and touch. And we'll, uh, we'll keep in contact over Messenger. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I, I'm stalking you. <laughs> Take care. Oh, you. Take You're care. welcome to. <laughs> Take care, Jason. All the best. Take care. And, and best of luck to you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sure. You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.